Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. My name is Bronwyn Ely. I'm here with Sarah McDoolin, our Kids and YA specialist, and we're so thrilled to be sitting across from Lisa Nichol, who is the author of Vincent and the Grandest Hotel, Hotel on Earth. Welcome, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. I think I need to start by saying that you've officially ruined hotels for me because I only ever want to stay at the Grandest <laughs> Hotel on Earth. <laughs> I also want to say that into the lexicon of my talking now is everyone needs a little grand. Exactly. Yes, I'm like always going to say that now. Absolutely. Me too. They do. We all do, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, so could you tell for the people listening a little bit about what your book is about? Okay. Well, it's, it's called Vincent and the Grandest Hotel on Earth, and it's about a young boy called, guess what, Vincent, <laughs> and he... Um, inherits his grandfather's shoe cleaning kit and manages to score a job at the grandest hotel on earth cleaning shoes. And um, it's about his adventures at the grandest hotel on earth where he meets um, a young girl called Florence who runs the hotel. Um, she's 11, the same age as Vincent, and she runs the place because her parents are off pursuing grand pursuits around the world and have been for some years, so she's left in charge. And it's an unusual hotel, I guess. It's not your run-of-the-mill hotel, um, and some very interesting things happened to Vincent there at the hotel. <laughs> it's, it's such a charming, beautiful story, and while I was reading it, I just felt um, that feeling like I could be reading a, a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and sorry, so, what did you say there? <laughs> <laughs> Repeat, what's more with feeling? Like, you know, I don't like to throw around the word instant classic, but it yeah. just has that yeah. feel, it has that vibe, and I just wondered what some of your inspirations were because, like, I detected a little bit of Roald Dahlishness yes. and, yes. you know, maybe a little Enid Blyton-ishness yes. and... Um, and but, you know, you should tell us. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there, obviously. Um, Roald Dahl is an absolute hero of mine and a, the master. And, um, you know, people have – I have heard comparisons to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory a little bit. I mean, I think it's quite different, but I can see where the similarities um, – arise from it's a fantastical wondrous kind of place like the chocolate factory um but i think maybe that comparisons or that uh, vibe i mean i've been thinking about i think it comes maybe because there's quite a heavy authorial voice like the narrator's voice is very present perhaps that's what it is do you think i think if it's a little bit of that i think it's a little bit um because i mean now that you say that, yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has some similar story beats. Yes. But it is a very different sort of story. Mm. It was kind of more, Ron and I were discussing it before, it's a little bit, uh, there's some, the combination of a charming story full of, uh, like, kind of unadulterated imagination, like anything yeah. that could happen, anything that you happen. can think of can happen in yeah. this hotel. Yeah. But also at the same time, you've got some, you know, uh, rea- like dark reality going on, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. to me is a very Roald Dahl combo. Yeah. Um, and yes. it also is just a great combo. It is. <laughs> well, that was definitely one of my favorite parts of the book that you didn't shy away from touching on quite heavy topics. You know, yeah. the idea of you know having troubles at home and wanting to find a new home and a new family, and yes. and, and coming to terms with those issues and trying mm-hmm. to bond with your fa- real like your actual family members and. I mean, why did you want to touch on those topics? Um, well, it's complicated. So the, so the, the original idea for the hotel was really just 
uh, I thought, uh, you know, I've got reluctant readers mm-hmm. for children and I wanted to create a hotel that would just blow their mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was my original idea. I thought, you know, kids have got, there's a lot of competition for kids' eyeballs these days. And so I thought I need something that's really going to grab their attention. I thought about all the things my kids love, mm-hmm. buffets, <laughs> <laughs> right. animals, etc. So I'm like, I'm throwing everything in there and I wanted to create this really grand place. And... Then when I'm writing the story, my godson gets diagnosed with a terminal mm-hmm. cancer, a brain tumour. So um, uh, that profoundly altered the direction of the book. Yes. And he was confined to bed and lost, you know, slowly lost all the things he loved to do. You know, he could no longer walk or run or even watch anything because of his vision. So everything kind of went. And um, so... As a distraction from his reality, I asked him if he would help me design this amazing hotel and if he had some ideas for rooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Finley, and he got back to me with ideas for rooms the next day, and they were, like, spectacular. They were so beautiful. It wasn't just about a wild hotel. Like, he had rooms like the Baby Memories Room, where you can remember all your baby memories. That's beautiful, yeah. And... Ideas like that. So the hotel changed, and it's really hard to remember the whole process of writing of the book. So Finley's uh, ideas, and he had another idea for the room of the Mirrors of the Future room where Mm -hmm. the young boy Vincent sees a terrible future for Florence who runs the hotel, and his idea was that he has to stop time to save her. So it would be hard to write a book that was purely all about fun in that context. and. Um, so his ideas just changed the nature of the hotel so profoundly and it became a hotel that wasn't just fantastical but it was a place that soothed the soul. Yeah. And, yeah, these things happen sometimes strangely when you're writing and they're not so much conscious things. Yeah. But I like to think that Finley's input profoundly changed the nature of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's very sort of present in the book. Like, yes. I don't, I don't want to be... I don't know what, I never know what's a spoiler. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> I say things and I'm like, this is not a spoiler and everyone freaks out. So I don't know. We'll, we'll edit this out. If, this, if you do a spoiler, we'll just beep you. Oh, we can, I can do that. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so this might be a beep, but you, the, uh, he's, there's a co-author referred yes. to throughout the book. Yes. Um, and like, I just thought that was such a lovely way. It, it adds this beautiful layer of charm. Mm-hmm. And I was just enjoying the story and didn't question really who the co-author was um, until I read the afterword. Yeah. And it really just, I mean, it's a very, very emotional yeah. but beautiful thing that you've done, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's just I'm so proud to promote Finley's contribution to the book and it's... Um, his beautiful imagination, you know, uh, while everything else was being taken away from him, his beautiful imagination was still in full flight, you know. And uh, I wanted to honour that fully in the book. And um, obviously I wanted to do the best job. And I loved having a co-author on board, you know. <laughs> and we loved, I loved calling him my co-author and he loved being called my co-author and being the co-author of the book. And we joked about how he he would be the co-author and then I'd take all the credit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was just one of those things. I mean, it's a terribly hor- 
horribly sad story. Um, and it just shows us what we lose when we lose a child. We lose um, all this potential. And um, luckily we were able to capture a small part of that in the book. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think I found so, so touching is that now mm. those ideas and yeah. sparks yes. from him are going to go out and yes. enrich the and lives inspire of other children. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. When he was a very funny kid, he had a very dry sense of humor. He was sharp. So his ideas were just so great. And so mm. that's why he's also the perfect co-author because he's <laughs> very funny as well. <laughs> um, now, this is a very complete story, but I just wondered, well, might we be returning to the Grandest Hotel? Should we return to the Grandest I Hotel? Mean, yes. Look, I, always, <laughs> I think the best, the best sequels are the ones that don't need to happen sometimes, and mm. I feel like mm-hmm. it doesn't need it. Yes. Like it's you don't you're not left going, oh, but what will happen? Like yeah. it's, you're very. So I was very. But satisfied I would never say no story, to. More. But I'd love to go back. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to go back. <laughs> Yes, well, I'm, I, it's funny because I've been in a, a bit of a creative funk in the last couple of weeks, and um, you know I do other stuff. I've right, um, been writing something for television, but um, now I'm like, oh, I've got to get my next book out uh, quick, and and um, usually I have quite a firm idea in my head, like the grandest hotel on earth. It just started off about this grand hotel, and there would be a very ordinary boy, and I had this sort of story which changed profoundly once Finley became involved, but. Um, I had an idea of the story, whereas I, this time I have characters, but I don't have a story. I'm lying awake all last night going, oh, <laughs> trying to imagine what I could do with these characters. I'll throw them in a baby elephant. Oh, I think I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I would what never to more baby elephants. Well, I know, me too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, um, me too, exactly. How can you go on with a baby elephant? But... Um, so, uh, yeah, so I thought, oh, oh gosh, maybe I should revisit the grand. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really control it in the end. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe these characters might visit the grand. And, yes. Ooh, yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, mm. and you could sort of have little cameos. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, the grand is um, because of the nature of the grand, it, do, it does have potential for a, a a variety of different stories because there are so many incredible rooms and mm. yes. they're kind of endless, yeah. um, the rooms that you can have, etc. So that does, uh, you, I don't think you would hit too many dead ends or, you know, the like. Yeah. <laughs> of the rooms that are in the book, which yeah. one would you stay in? Oh, which yeah. Because I, I, I was thinking of this the whole time. The baby memories room would be awesome. The baby like, memories room would be pretty beautiful, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, it's like exhausting, the constant like, memories. Remembering the first, you know, time you saw your parents or you heard a bird sing or... That would be, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like remembering, experiencing the world for the first time. I mean, that would be pretty, pretty... And remembering, yeah. Wild. I think, I mean, I, that's that's where I'd go. Yeah. But... Uh, I think the Velcro room. See, I was, the, I was thinking Velcro room. Yeah, you're going to have to hang up your clothes. Just the throwing against the wall. Yes, yeah. I like the Velcro room. Um, it's very hard to decide. I quite like the, cra- the cloud room. Yes. Oh, I know what room I'd go to. Oh, yeah, so do I actually. The virtuoso room. Oh, okay. Where you can play any instrument like oh, a master. Yeah, that would How be amazing. How good would that be? Oh, I've got to go there. I really just want to go to the Grand. Oh, what about the, uh, the Trains and Baby Owls room? Yeah. <laughs> I actually think I'd go to the the 
leftover puppy room. Oh, the oh, puppy God. room? Yeah. How can I, go wrong with a puppy I room? I can't leave the puppies that don't have a guest. Also, pocket dogs, my new yes. favorite thing. And I want to go there so I can have a dog of my own. Yes. I mean, I have a dog, but I want another dog yes. because they're so cute. I know, exactly. And, um, yeah, I would. I think I'd stay in the room that Vincent stayed in. Yes. Yeah, I, think that's I think you can't go wrong. That's I a know. thing. You're not going to go wrong. It's exactly it. Because you get something out of it. You will, they're going to put you in the right room for you. And in that yeah. sense... Um, you just have to trust the grand mm-hmm. staff. And that's something I love about it. It's one of the, it seems like a, it's almost like a, a place you go to heal because they, mm-hmm. they think, what does this person need? And they're, they're so attentive yes. and they're so insightful. Yes. That's, um, all, that's what it's, it's all about. It's such a beautiful place. And I, yeah. I, a place where two kids can just become really good friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, they become a family, you know, yeah. which is, yeah. is so beautiful, especially for Florence, whose parents are, are gone yes. a lot of the time. Always doing the most amazing things. Did you have fun thinking of all the, <laughs> weird, like, like the next day. crazy thing that they would be doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, was, it is, was a fun place to inhabit in that you could just let, you know, your mind go kind yeah. of crazy. And, yeah, which, yes, I seem to enjoy doing. <laughs> well, it's very enjoyable to read. It's ultra, ultra charming. It like, is. I feel like, you know, um, I love reading middle grade because because the imagination is so mm-hmm. rich and wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you're really enjoying it when you just are smiling the whole time that you're reading. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like you put the book down, you're like, oh, my face is a bit sore. <laughs> <laughs> what is this big sensation <laughs> on my face? Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about because there's so much music mm. in this book, mm-hmm. and you, we, you know, if anyone who reads up about you, we know how much you love. Music, so it's obviously very important to you to include that in mm. the story. Mm. Tell us a little bit about, like, yes. Did you grow up with music? And- um, y- yes. Um, well, my dad was a mad um, jazz fan, oh. trad jazz. So I would wake up to very loud trad jazz on a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I enjoyed to do. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I'm one of those just pathetic music fans. I love music, but I don't actually play any instruments. But um, my other children's book, one before Vincent, Dr. Boogaloo and the Girl mm-hmm. Who Lost Son After, is about a, a doctor who cures people with music. So, yeah, it turns up all the time in my work. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I just let whatever come comes. And so it just always comes through. And music is so profoundly affecting for me. Um, so I guess often um, I use music I don't write to music, but I'll listen to particular tracks. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, particular tracks seem to be like, feel like the heart of a book to me. And they just, they just appear. And, um, it's usually something that's moved me profoundly. Mm -hmm. And then it clicks to some character and then it becomes a part of that character as well. So, and then it weaves its way into the text. It's not really a conscious thing. It just Mm. pops up all the time, I guess, because I love it. So, yeah. Well, I was, um, it's funny, I finished the book on Monday night and then when I was, um, I was driving home and the song that, that Tom loves came on. No way. Because I have it on my phone and I just thought of all the songs that could have come on, I can't pronounce it. Excuse me. Eric Sardi, I can't pronounce it. Yes, but it was, (laughs) and now to me it's Tom's song. Yes. And it comes on. So, I mean, I really get that, you know, the way music influences and and represents. I mean, did you have, when you're writing this book and when you write your other books, do you have like a specific playlist where you, or a specific um, artist or composer that you listen to while you listen to every you write? Um, No. Well, uh, for some reason, I was in a stage of listening to a lot of piano music. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so there's a lot of piano music in in yes. Vincent. Um, I mean, I guess things pop up like um, I don't know where they come from, but you know, so the obviously at the grand, if it's got an elevator, it's not going to have elevator music. It's going to have a grand piano. Of course, in the center of it, and then suddenly you have Zelda who plays the grand piano, and music becomes a big part of it. And and it's so strange. Writing the writing process is so strange. Um, like. I had this idea for the Grand Hotel on Earth, but I didn't have an idea for a Tom. Mm-hmm. It, that just came when I'm writing. Yeah. And yet it becomes central to the story. Tom's story is central to Absolutely. the story. But I never planned it, so mm-hmm. I don't really know where it comes from. So just have to trust when you're doing that um, that it's yeah. your inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so and and Tom being the way he is and having that response to music it's the one thing that kind of calms him down yeah I can't explain it <laughs> creative genius <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> music probably calms me down too actually yeah <laughs> especially some nice piano music and those two tracks that Bach track mm-hmm. and um, Eric Sardi's track are, are such exceptionally beautiful pieces they yeah. are yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably a million, and I'd love to know more about classical music. I will go to the classical music room, hopefully, when I go to the Grand next, because I would love to be more um, knowledgeable about classical music. Definitely. Um, It's not my area of expertise, so I I just dip my toe in. Mm. I'd like to know more, too. Mm. Um, Should we ask the the quick question? Yeah, so we just have a few quick (laughs) We have a timer? No, 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 it's just sort of like... Have you, a, can, have a and you can expound if you, if you want to give a long answer. That's cool. Yeah. Um, to put, you know, yeah. The first thing that pops to your head, or oh god, let's not do that. <laughs> Where does this hit? Where does this hit? No, nothing like that. Don't worry. Um, so we'll start. The the last book you read and adored. Mm, the last book I uh, Lenny's book of everything. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay, that's on Karen TV. Foxley. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I love Karen Foxley. I love Karen Foxley yeah. too. Um, where do you write and at what time of day? Mm-hmm. I've got a sort of shed slash office um, at, at, attached to my house and I write there. And when do I write? Mm-hmm. Um, every moment I can. Oh, great. Uh, good answer. Um, do you have any neat tricks to keep yourself going, like word count quotas, writing exercises? Yeah, and I, I did that actually with Vincent. Um, I wrote that book the fastest I've ever written any book. <clears throat> the editing process was a little longer, but the actual <laughs> writing of the book was really fast. And I read this really corny website by this sci-fi writer on their how they improved their word rate per day. <laughs> and I tried her tricks, and it worked. <laughs> um, and I, I'm like tripled my word count per day. Oh, amazing! So, yeah, so I gave myself a word count. Uh, well, I gave I, uh, myself a minimum and a new way of writing where I. Um, sort of outlined exactly what I was going to write in each chapter, bullet points. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in doing that, the chapter kind of came. I actually think it was the handwriting helped. Oh. Okay, definitely. So you handwrite out an outline. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then type out the chapter. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the first thing you do after you've delivered a finished book? Um, ooh. <laughs> what's the first thing I do after delivering? Well, I, I'm still in that place where that if I deliver, oh, completely, completely, 
I think just like your like first video of your editing, draft, yeah. first draft. Oh, you know. I mean, if you have different different reactions for different stages. Yes. Um, well, because I I saw that stage where it's not like a sold though done deal. Mm. I have to. I'm still waiting for them to say yes. We want to publish it. So, I you know I obsessively check my emails probably. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. What about when it's handed in? When like, it's handed last in. Last final draft. Last final draft. I'm like, oh man, I wish I had a little longer on that. <laughs> so you're like, but I didn't change that one thing. <laughs> yeah. I could keep going. <laughs> Um, who's the first person that you let read your, your work? Um, I am a member of a writer's group. Mm-hmm. So throughout the process, I read parts of the book. Uh, every two weeks, I'll read a thousand words to a group of fellow uh, kids writers. And we read aloud and then they give me feedback. And then um, there's a few people I asked to read the whole book Um and I also have a creative partner that I work with and I, who I've made films with and she has to listen to me carry on a lot about me trying to work stuff out. <laughs> you always need someone to bounce off anyway. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite children's book? Gosh, that's a tricky one. I have so many. You know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is one of my favourite mm. kids' books. Um, I really don't know what my favourite is because I have so many. I find it such a hard question. Yeah, on the spot, like, it's a hard one because then you go away and you go, damn, why didn't I yeah. mention that book? Yeah. So-and-so. Anytime anyone ever asks me my favourite anything, all yes. things I've ever enjoyed fly completely yeah. out of my head. Exactly, and you and you completely empty out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favourite writing snack? A favourite writing snack? Snack. Oh, snack. Oh, I try not to snack too much. Smart. <laughs> or, or tamari beverage. or beverage <laughs> I drink way too much coffee and then I'll switch to turmeric tea okay <laughs> um, the nicest thing anyone's ever said about your writing oh the nicest thing anyone's ever said about my writing um or it could even just be like a review yeah a review for Vincent in books and publishing this month or that's just mm-hmm. come out and wow that was a beautiful review i was pretty happy with that review oh, cool. <laughs> um, and what's one piece of, of writing advice that stuck with you or um that stuck with me <clears throat> something that you've received as advice or something mm. that you've given as advice uh write fast okay yeah and um i mean everyone has got the same issues <clears throat> with that negative voice in the head and that's just really standard and and the first thing you put down will be crap. <laughs> that's just the way it is. You just accept it's, it and move on. I'll tell you what I was a good one actually is, which really stuck with me recently, is that it's incremental. Like a, a good piece of writing, it, it comes about through millions of minute changes, shifting words around, um, mm. moving sentences. Like it... It, it takes a very long time and it, it's incremental and that's why you think, oh, I just wrote that and it's really crap and I can't write. But good writing is this, it's a, it's tiny steps and, and, yeah. and so it's quite a slow process and the changes are small. Mm-hmm. But all those small, 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 small changes um, will lead to a piece of writing that you could never just have done straight up. I love that. Mm. Well, Lisa, thank you so, so much for coming in and speaking to us oh, today. Oh, gosh, it's, it's such been a pleasure. Such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure. Um, I am going to go through the rest of my days saying that everyone needs a little grant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Which we all do. We, we all do. do. We do. Yeah. And um, a puppet dog. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and a, a puppet dog. dog. And maybe some mm-hmm. like uh, music playing shoes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bark playing boots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'd like some of those. Maybe I could get some of those. Totally could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could become my Great signature. Great thing to yeah. sell. Like, you know, some merch. Yeah, merch. <laughs> yeah. I like your thinking. I like your thinking. Merch. Pocket dogs. I thought that too. Yeah. Oh. Your little pocket dogs. Done. Come out for Christmas. Little box set with a pocket dog. What do you want to Pocket I'll dog? take 10. Yes. <laughs> 10 million. Do you guys do much? <laughs> well, we do now. Uh, well, we hope to see you again mm-hmm. uh, for the next book. Oh, I hope so too. And podcast listeners, you can get Vincent and the Grandest Hotel on Earth as well as Dr. Boogaloo. Have I, is there a subtitle there that I'm missing That's out? fine though. Doc, I, I can go right <laughs> down to Dr. B, but it is Dr. Boogaloo and the Girl Who Lost Her Laughter. Excellent. That's what I was thinking. The third thing that come out maybe is like Doctor Boogaloo and the Girl Who Lost Her Laughter. Vincent and the Grandest Hotel on Earth. Something. Something. Yes. Yeah, something. Something, something with a something. Title, something. Another terribly long title. I like it. I like it. But it does fly out of your head when you're wrapping up a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can get all of Lisa's books online at Booktopia. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.